Well, Borida, good morning and a very warm welcome to morning worship. It's so good to have you with us. Today we're beginning short in-person services in both of our churches, in St David's in Lecha and in St Catherine's Gorsainen. They will be a little unusual for time to come as numbers in the building are restricted, as we socially distance, have to wear masks and services will be slightly different. But all of that is for your protection and I hope that if you feel able then you'll come to join us. For those who don't yet feel able, then I hope that these continued online offerings will nourish and encourage your faith. So let me pray for us as we begin our service today. Go before us, Lord, in all our doings. Further us, we pray, with your continual help, so that everything we do, begun, continued and ended in you, might always seek to glorify your holy name. Amen. So let's join then in worship together. The reading today is taken from Acts chapter 10, verses 44 to 48. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers had come with Peter, were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. And then Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptised with water. They've received the Holy Spirit, just like we have. And so he ordered that they be baptised in the name of Jesus Christ. And they asked for Peter to stay with them for a few days. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
May I speak and may you hear in the name of God, who is Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, let me put those few verses from the book of Acts into context. They were spoken in the context of a meeting between two very different men. Between Cornelius, who was a centurion in the army and a Gentile, and Peter, who was a devout Jew, and he'd come to believe in Jesus. Now let's begin with Peter. In Jesus' time, Jews would have believed that they were God's chosen people. They were given rites and rules and rituals that they sought to keep. They kept them not to earn the love of God, because that was already a given, but in order that their lives, lived out and set apart, would point to other people to God and help them experience his love too. But, of course, as time went on, a number of those Jews became arrogant. They became a stiff-necked people. They began to believe that they were better than the rest, that the rites and rules and rituals that they observed, they were the way to God, the only way. They were the insiders and all the people of the surrounding Gentile nations, they were the outsiders. And in the scriptures, we see that attitude most clearly in the scribes and the Pharisees. Now we meet with Peter, as I said, a devout Jew who'd come to believe in Jesus on a rooftop as he's about to pray. And as he begins to pray, he feels hungry. And as a meal is being prepared for him, he has a vision in something of a trance of various foods falling from heaven. And the voice of God saying to Peter, kill these animals, cook them and eat them. That revelation for somebody like Peter must have been horrifying because for the Jews there were certain foods that they could eat, kosher foods, and other foods that they couldn't eat. And many of the foods that Peter saw in this trance, in this dream, they were certainly not kosher foods. And yet it appeared that God was encouraging him to kill the animals, to cook the food, and to eat it nevertheless. Peter, we're told, protests to God that he's never done such a thing. As a devout Jew, he sought to keep the rites and rules and rituals given to him in the Old Testament. God, on the other hand, says to Peter, don't protest, don't consider something that I've made clean to be unclean. In other words, in this trance on the rooftop, God was trying to reveal to Peter, the devout Jew who'd come to believe in Jesus, that he was doing a new thing. Around about the same time, we're told that uh, Cornelius, a Gentile, who was a God-fearing man who would pray and was very generous to the poor, looking after their needs, he was told by an angel to send his men to meet with Peter. Both men, it seems, had had a very real but unusual encounter with God. Cornelius sends his men to find Peter. 
As Peter, having had this revelation, is obedient and goes to meet Cornelius. That in itself was outrageous because the idea that a Jew would meet with a Gentile in Jesus' time was almost unthinkable. So this, I guess, is the first point. That God is the God of the unexpected. That although he's always consistent, his character is always the same. Is good and faithful and true. He nevertheless is always doing a new thing. And so there's a challenge for us here. What is God calling us to do? as we seek to hold all that we treasure in our hearts and in our minds, all of our inheritance from the years gone by, and yet seek to proclaim the gospel afresh in a new generation. Both Peter and Cornelius, in their own way, could see that God was doing a new thing. Peter had heeded the challenge of God in that trance, in that dream on the rooftop. Cornelius too had listened to the voice of God and sent his men to meet Peter. And so the two men come together, profoundly different, from different backgrounds, with a different heritage and with different traditions. And yet, they find unity. They find unity in the thing that really matters, in Jesus. Listen to the words that Peter speaks to Cornelius. I know now that God shows no favouritism, but he accepts every nation who fears him and does what is right. You know the message that God sent to the people of Israel, announcing good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is the Lord of all. You know what's happened through the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached. How God appointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power to do good things of healing and to bring power and of course, we're told that as Peter reveals these words to Cornelius, he and others, they receive the Holy Spirit. So the first point, God is always consistent in his character, always good and faithful and true, but he always does new things. The second point is that the church at its best is always a church made up of people who are diverse and different, and yet they find their unity in Jesus. Not in their rites or their rules or their rituals, but in him who came to save us. As Peter shares these words with Cornelius, he and others, they receive the Holy Spirit. And the Jews that see this happen, they're astounded. They can hardly believe it. They were the chosen ones. They were the insiders. These Gentiles, they were the outsiders. But for Peter, there was no mistaking that this was a work of God because what was manifesting in front of his eyes was exactly what had happened on the day of Pentecost. Pentecost. 
they'd received the Holy Spirit, they'd come to believe. And so for Peter, there was no question that they would be baptised. Let's baptise them. And so this is the third point. The church, when it sees what God is doing, when it joins in with that, when it recognises that God is always consistent in his character, but always does new things, that he calls us to proclaim afresh the gospel in a new generation. When we recognise that the church at its best is made up of people of every age and stage, diverse and different, yet we find our unity in Jesus and in him alone. The church grows as people receive and experience the Holy Spirit, as people come to believe in Jesus and as they're baptised in his name. So there's the three points for us today. God is always consistent in his character, but always doing a new thing. And he encourages us to see what he's doing, to join in with it, and to proclaim the gospel afresh in each and every generation. That doesn't mean that we throw out the baby with the bathwater. It doesn't mean that we cast aside all the traditions that we love and cherish, those things that have helped us to experience God. But it does mean that we take the best of the past into the future and we join in with confidence with what God is doing. The second point is that we must see and recognise and know that the church at its best is not a club made up of like-minded people, but a community that is diverse and different, people of every age and stage and background, who find their unity not in the things that they do, the stuff that they've always done in a particular place and in a particular time and in a particular way, but in Jesus, who is Lord of all. And as we do those things, as we join in with what God is doing, as we find new ways of proclaiming the gospel and find our unity in Jesus, the good news is that there is no if or but about it. The church will grow as people encounter Jesus, as people are baptised in his name and come to believe in him. So we have a hope for the future. It is a sure and certain hope that joining in with God, participating in what he is already doing, the church will surely grow. Amen.
Gwethion, let us pray. We pray today for the church throughout the world, for the church in Wales and for its bishops and clergy and people, and especially for the Diocese of Swansea and Brecon. Father, we pray that you give wisdom and insight to all of the electors as they prepare to convene an electoral college to appoint a new bishop. Help us to remember that the church has a God of mission who beckons us to see what he's doing and to join in with that. We pray that the church would be a community that is diverse and different, made up of people from different ages and stages and backgrounds, who all find their unity in Jesus, who is our Lord and our Saviour. We thank you that you are faithful. We thank you that the church will continue to grow as people encounter Jesus, come to believe in him and live as his disciples. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray today for our world and for all its leaders. We pray especially for those who represent us in Westminster. And we give you thanks for those elected to serve in the Synod in Cardiff. Please bless all those elected. May they be people who seek justice and peace. May they be people too who seek to serve and not be served. We pray for our community and for its leaders, for all who represent us in local and community council, and for all who hold positions of authority in Gosainan and in Lacha. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We continue to pray for people across the globe who are gripped by this pandemic. We pray for doctors and nurses continuing to fight the rising figures in places like India, that they, Lord, would be given strength and fortitude to do what is right. We pray too for people as they continue to suffer. Lord, would you keep them safe? Would you help them to discover and to know wholeness and health in Jesus' name? We give you thanks for the health service in this country for the gift of a vaccination and for the fact that restrictions are slowly but steadily beginning to lift. Lord, we pray against another wave and we pray for the health and wholeness of all our friends and neighbours and for communities across this nation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We continue to pray for all in need, for the elderly, for the anxious and for the distressed, for those who are housebound and lonely, for those who are afraid and all who are grieving today the loss of loved ones. In Jesus, may they know strength, may they experience peace and may they discover hope. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Finally, Lord, we pray for ourselves as we've gathered today to remember the truth of your word, we pray that by the power of your spirit, you would help us to grow in the image and likeness of Jesus so that we might go out to make disciples of others. God of our journeying, be our way, our truth and our life, our beginning and our end, we pray, through Jesus our Lord. Merciful Father, accept these prayers. For the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen.
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Well, thank you so much once again for joining us. It's been great to have you with us. Remember that throughout the week, all of our online activities, Bible studies, prayer meetings, and even virtual coffee mornings are all continuing on Zoom. And I really hope that you'll feel able to join us. Remember too that we're about to commence a new series journeying through the book of Revelation. And if you'd like to join us, all of the details are on the weekly email. As restrictions continue to be in place, we're continuing to do all that we can to support people, whether that be spiritually or practically. And if there's anything we can do to support you, then please do get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Remember too that if you'd like to turn isolation into connection, enjoying a chat with someone on the telephone, then please do get in touch with Rob Samuel, who's coordinating our Keeping in Touch team. But as another week begins, let me pray now for God's blessing on us. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, be upon you 
and remain with you always. Amen.